Welcome to the Penny and Pops podcast. He's Spencer Penny Strode. I'm Adam Pops Papa Giorgio. The story in January has been simple for the now 18 and 29 magic. You play defense and you win. If you don't defend, well, you're going to get crushed. Keep it 115 points and below, and we're in each game. Let opponents score more than 115, and we're cooked. The return of Jonathan Isaac may help solve this problem, as we're 1-0 with J.I. on the floor. Let's go. Hardaway, straight down the lane, the power jab. Point guard on a 7-6 guy. Here's Lewis turning and he shoots. Yes! It's fourth and one-two Here's Turkaloo for the win. All right, Penny, we will get to the Celtics and Jonathan Isaac's return later. Uh, the last pod episode that we did, we were 2-1 and one on our West uh, road trip. Well, we lost the final two games of the trip, both in kind of frustrating fashion to finish it, 2-3. Uh, and three. So in Salt Lake City against a still solid Utah Jazz team, the Jazz rested Mike Conley, so that meant they coughed up a bunch of turnovers and they looked disjointed at times on offensive possessions. The refs were horrible out of the gate and just atrocious all night. Like they missed goal 10 calls. Uh, they confused blocks for what should have been fouls, foul calls, like not knowing who the ball went out of bounds off of. Um, Penny, I don't know if you want to back me up or not, but like we've been, I, you know, I complain about the refs a lot, but this game in particular just seemed extra egregious. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, uh, I try to be objective, but I, I side with you on this one. And then Walker Kessler was just causing us problems on both ends the whole night. That guy is is going to be something, man. I don't know, man. He's yeah, he's he's not a stiff white guy. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. But the Jazz just they got us on rebounds and second chance points throughout the game. Bull Bull was showing rust on the floor. This was like his first game on the floor coming off of COVID. The Magic were only sticking around in this jazz game because we were hitting threes and, you know, we just didn't decide to defend in this game. And, you know, the whole theme of this, ep- uh, you know, of a lot of this January stretch has been our defensive consistency, like we're inconsistency. Cause if we hold teams to 115 and below, we're likely winning. And if it's above 115, we're likely losing. And I mean, that's kind of the league as a whole going like, no longer is like breaking a hundred points, like a big deal. Like it's, it's basically one fifteen is like the normal, like, Hey, your defense wasn't that bad that night. You know? So, um, but Jalen Suggs, he started for Gary Harris in the third quarter of the game because Gary had that hand injury. Lori marketing for some reason, got just a ridiculous amount of free throws in the game. Chalk that up to officiating, I guess. But uh, Jamal Mosley had some questionable rotations and that didn't really help our cause in this game. Playing Mo Bamba when he should have played either Caleb Houston when Bull clearly didn't have it on the night. That should have been the play. Uh, or, you know, he played Mo Bamba when it should have been Caleb Houston. Somehow the Magic came back late with some just good defense and the refs surprisingly finally swallowing their whistle. 
I guess they had to do that even up the uh, the foul call thing. So they were like, oh, shit, we can't call anymore on the Magic because then it would have been really bad at that point. But, um, yeah, you know, Paolo had that steal and slam, and then Bamba had that kind of brick wall stop, and then a rare post finish that put us at, what, 105-105, I think, with a minute 18 to go. It was a 17-4 to four Magic run. I was, you know... I was up, and I know some Magic fans on Twitter had definitely stopped watching, I think, this game. But, uh, yeah, they missed out on an interesting finish. But then Bamba went from that really good stint to he blew that huge rebound off Colin Sexton's second straight missed free throw that would have given us the ball down one with 15 seconds left. But Kessler took the rebound from Bamba, and then Paolo fouled out. Now, Paolo, I guess, kind of got in the way of Bamba, so – I can't be entirely mad at Bamba, but still, like you, you got to grab that, um, whether a teammate runs into you or not. So, but, and then Mosley drew up two weak plays at the end, and we lost. Uh, quick jazz thoughts, Penny. Yeah, well, I mean, the anytime you give up an offensive rebound off a free throw, it's egregious, but it's worse when uh, that's kind of been an Achilles heel for us lately, despite what some of the early numbers were in terms of rebounding. I've watched the Jazz a lot. They're uh, decidedly a 500 team, like very average. Um, and I think they're exactly 500 right now. So it was nice to play them close in the middle of the road trip. Uh, one one final thought on your previous thought about the defense. What is the new Lawler's Law number? Is it 115, 110? Where do we set that now? I think it's 115. I don't know. You're going to fight me on that, but I, I like at least for at least this month with the magic, it's basically one fifteen. There's like one game so far this month. And we're recording this on Tuesday, January 4th uh, in the evening, but there's basically been one game that the one fifteen rule had didn't apply. And it was, yeah. I, I mean, it, it, it was during this trip, but um, yeah, I, that's where I'm going to go with that. Um I don't was Wendell Wendell didn't foul out in this game, right? Could we just had kept Bomba in just for the hell of it? Like I wonder it's just every once in a while Mosley decides to we'll see how much longer he has that option. Yeah, I guess so. So all right. Then in uh in Denver to finish the road trip, you know, we had that day off. Um Jokic, he came in well rested, having sat their previous game. I think it was against the Clippers, who they Denver beat the Clippers. Um but I was hoping for some Gary Harris and Bull Bull revenge games. We got Bull uh, offensively showing up. And Foltz, he was just huge out of the gate. He set just the tone and the example that we needed to really give Denver a go of it. And, look, we didn't hold a shoot around in Denver. And it showed with some of the jump shot misses we saw. Like, it certainly didn't also appear to be a Nuggets rim imbalance scandal this time. Like, we um, – you know, meanwhile, Denver was hitting threes and just sharing the rock like they usually do. And I mean, that's why, you know, they're they're an amazing team. Um, Wendell's planner fasciitis, he met and may have may have flared up, but um, Wendell just was not moving well at all in this game. And Bull brought that bench spark like he was doing a good game. Meeting that family from the South Sudan before the contest seems to have actually helped. Um, and. Bull still isn't raising his arm on defense, and he got caught sagging off on Michael Porter Jr., who buried a few threes in his face. So, like, Bull went from having an amazing game to, like, he had a good game just because of just he's not putting his hand up on defense. Um, And then Aaron Gordon, 
He never got as many as much of a favorable referee whistle with the Magic as he did in this game, did he, Penny? Because like that's I don't know, man. It, it, maybe it's the Jokic effect, but like AG, he's not playing that much differently than what he did in Orlando, and you know people think it, he's greatly improved. But I would just say like he's having like a career season, but it's not by like a ridiculous amount. I I would just say that he's finally fitting more into the role. It's very clear that, you know, he's not the alpha on that team, whereas with us, it was always in dispute. Yeah, I mean, look, with both Aaron and, and Fournier and I guess even Vooch in some, way, in, in some ways, like we just asked too much of them. And with Aaron Gordon, like, you know, Frank Vogel on the team, like we, Aaron Gordon thought he was going to be Paul George. And like when you have like when you go through a bunch of coaches and you go through a bunch of philosophies, like it's going to lead to f- – a frustrated stint as he did with the magic and with Denver, he seemed to have found clarity, uh, often, you know, or, uh, you know, with Denver as he's basically becoming that Sean Marion 2.0 that I was hoping he would become. And so, yeah. All right. The magic, they had a strong third period after trailing by 15 at halftime, fast break points, just overall hustle in general, just brought us back. Uh, Mo Wagner was Deandre Jordan's worst nightmare in this game. And, the Magic were only down 98-96 early in the fourth. You had Suggs, Franz, Foltz were just big on both ends during that stretch. Uh, a bowl ball put back gave us a 101-100 lead with eight minutes to go in the game. But rebounding just it reared its ugly head, and it was a problem again for the Magic late. Um, Paolo hit two big free throws to put us up 113-109 with 220 left. So you're up four with under two and a half to go. If not for Jamal Murray heave and a, a Contavious Caldwell pulp uh, transition pull up, like K, you know KCP and Murray just hit big threes, like it would have been just a comfy Magic comeback win. But you know basketball gods they just did not cooperate with us in this game. And Wendell was huge with the putback slam and then forcing Murray uh, Jamal Murray into the timeout. Like the Magic were up one fifteen one fourteen. Denver had the ball with seventeen seconds left. Aaron Gordon hit two clutch free throws. Then Murray intentionally fouled Markel Fultz almost as a mistake. I don't know. Do you think Murray mistakenly actually fouled Fultz, or did he think? He, do you think he did on purpose? Um, yeah, I, I don't think that was intent. I mean, I guess the foul might have been intended, but I don't think it was a plan to put him on the line. But worked out for him. That was the biggest disappointment for me. Is that uh, you know schedule we're looking a schedule loss in the face and if Markel hits both there and doesn't split that pair maybe the result's different maybe not yeah maybe not I mean Markel he split the pair it's still a tie game and then Nikola Jokic he, who just recorded you know he recorded another triple double and he might three-peat as MVP but he hit just this ridiculous step back three over Franz to put Denver ahead three with 0.2 seconds left. That was basically ball game unless somehow we would have converted like a miracle tip three pointer, which that that's just tough to draw up, let alone pull off. So Jokic had the game winner and that was his only shot attempt of the fourth period too. That's the crazy part. And it's just a gut shot because we could have went three and two on the road trip, two and three. We, you know, we talked about it like two and three on the road trip. I would have been happy with most magic fans would have been happy with, but to see how those two what you know, last two West games against Utah and Denver played out. It's like, man, you you would have loved to have gotten a little greedy there, but it just it didn't work out. We had two tough losses, and I thought Wendell had played 
Jokic well too that whole night and still Jokic did what he did um any final Denver thoughts yeah just to echo that not only his work against Wendell but to call out again as you did his work on the perimeter at the end of the game against Jamal Murray really speaks to uh the kind of forgotten asset sometimes that we have in uh, Wendell Carter Jr. I think that guy's going to be sticking around with his team a long time. Like, I think like he's going to like age into like our Horace Grant type guy where like, he's probably going to be the fourth scoring option on the, in a starting five, but he's going to murder opposing teams that don't pay attention to him. And I think I saw a stat. uh, I think Ray Shard on Twitter said that um, Wendell is shooting 42% from three point range since November 1st. That's uh that's elite. So uh and then he's doing all all the dirty stuff defensively. And yeah, I've been calling for it for a couple of episodes that we got. We got I mean, there's a there's shot distribution to go around, but definitely want to see the the volume of Wendell's threes uh, continue to tick up. Yeah, um, we are going to eventually have to dedicate at least an, either an entire episode or just a portion of an episode looking at it is Wendell Carter Jr. a top 10 center in the NBA and like where does he rank amongst centers I don't want you to give an answer now unless you definitively think he's a top 10 center but um it'd be interesting to look at because this this guy's freaking really good and he's still so young um and he's on an amazing contract all right let's talk trade rumors real quick because it's gonna really ramp up in these next two weeks but um you know, a few trade rumors popped up after this road trip when the Magic had basically four days off. But um, we're hearing more about Fred Van Vliet. I'm not trading for Fred Van Vliet directly. Would I take him in a trade as like a three-month rental in an OG and an OB deal? Sure. Um, you know, I'm. I, no one should forget that Van Vliet dropped that career-high 54 points two years ago on our parquet floor. But his body is just significantly worn down since then. And I would do this trade, Penny. Um, I would do Ananobi, Van Vliet, and Kem Birch, the return, uh, for, well, I don't know. I said this before. I don't know if I'd still do it now, but I, I, I'd, I'd still think about doing it now. i do it for Jonathan Isaac, Terrence Ross, Mo Bamba, and Chuma OKK, plus... I'd say I, I'm I, I'm taking a draft pick off the board. I'm going to just offer our draft pick this season, which is top four protected. So we'll still be keeping that Bulls pick, assuming that doesn't become top four protected. But I'm trading the Magic pick. I was originally going to throw in the 2025 Denver first, but I'm not doing that now. So you're, you're um, not doing that after 10 minutes of uh, Jonathan Isaac play. No, I, I, I yeah. this isn't going to happen now because of Isaac, and we'll get to him in a yeah. bit, but. Um, I don't know what's your thought from, from a, like, am I valuing OG Ananobi too low? Like, do I have to throw in that second pick or am I still valuing, am I overvaluing OG Ananobi? Because as a two way shooting guard who he's got at least another year on his contract too, um, as a two way shooting guard, I think he would be ideal for what this lineup needs assuming that you're going with paolo and franz as your go-to scorers do you think i I, an open question yeah bring how much how much uh does og elevate the team above gary harris as a starting shooting guard or you're talking about positional flexibility adding another body 
uh, for, you know, maybe leading the second unit too. Cause I'm not, cause I'm not, I'm not including Gary. I'm keeping Gary as like, well, he'd either be like, cause we're still t- keeping Suggs technically in this scenario too. So, I mean, I'm putting OG and Anobi as the starting shooting guard. I'm bringing in Van Vliet to be the backup point guard. But I mean, if Cole Anthony's kind of, kind of figures it out here in the next week or two, like this, this might not be necessary and we might just wait it out. But, um, I, I value Ananobi. I think Ananobi elevates us a lot. Just he's a, he's got a bigger size to him than Gary Harris. He's younger than Gary. Yeah. He shoots the three only maybe slightly worse than Gary, but makes up for more with just defensive versatility where he can guard like three or four positions on the floor. Whereas Gary can guard maybe three, um, Two comfortably, maybe three with Gary, just because from of a size per, and maybe even mobility perspective, just because of the injuries that he suffered. But um, I don't know. I I'm just throwing that out there. I threw that out there a couple of weeks ago. I don't think I would do this now because I kind of just want to <laughs> wait and see what the magic, what's going on. But um, I don't know. Are you more interested in Gary Trent Jr. maybe being in there? Because Trent and Van Vliet are both basically going to be free agents in the summer i think they both have player options they both will probably wisely decline them but i don't know any any interest in in that any counter offers or should i go to the other one that's much more realistic i i have interest in og i think that your evaluation is probably light on him uh and even with the second even with the second or without the second first round pick even with the second, at least yeah. if you're, you know, reading the tea leaves coming out of Toronto. There's a lot I of demand. There, there's a lot of demand yeah. for him. That's the other thing. I, I don't know that I would want to trade for uh, Fred Van Vliet or Gary Trent Jr. Again, if you're deciding to sign them on the open market, that's another thing. But it'll be interesting, right? We have the, the two picks coming, our pick and the Bulls pick. Uh and right now they're more valuable potentially than they could end up being. But also if we keep them and strike gold, then they're more valuable to us. So it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how we choose to handle those assets. And again, the biggest decision that the magic have to make is what's the consolidation move going to be. Yeah. I, I almost think the consolidation move is going to be, kind of minor where just the guys that are like third in our like third string on our team are going to be the ones kind of going like I don't see anyone higher than like a Mo Bamba being dealt from a value perspective like I just don't I don't see it um nor nor should it really be in my mind but I like I don't the thing with the well the thing with the trade deadline the thing with like we finally had like a trade yesterday or today whatever it was Rui Hachimura got traded to the Lakers for three second round picks um but everyone's waiting for February 9th to see like okay which of these teams between like the Bulls the Raptors um maybe even the Pacers I guess considering they've lost seven in a row could be eight after tonight um you know which of those teams are going to actually like dump their players like i don't think it's going to be chicago now because chicago's figuring it out and watch chicago's going to end up finishing as like the sixth seed maybe even higher because they're they're figuring it out like vooch is having his best month ever in a bulls jersey i think he's like averaging like 20 like 14 boards and like five assists and he's he's him playing well is why the bulls have been doing very very well of late um 
but yeah, I mean, that's, I, I don't see the mat like the magic do need to consolidate, but any stuff that they do this February 9th yeah, trade yet. deadline, I don't think it's going to be much, right? Do you, do you expect anything big? Because the only counter to that thought would be, well, Orlando typically isn't a great free agent destination. Does that change now seeing what Paolo and Franz can be and seeing people like Jamal Mosley a lot? Um, you know, I, whether he's a great coach or not, we, we still don't know really, but um, the team has bought, has bought in for, with them. And that's, that's half the battle being a coach is when the team actually believes in you, but assuming there's no disgruntled superstar in the next month, uh, are you inclined to, I would be inclined to, to keep the picks that we have coming up in this draft and see where they fall uh, and then move them on draft day after that. But I I'd like to see. Yeah. How the lottery I wouldn't. Out. Yeah. You're, you're, you're honestly right. Like, because look, the magic still have the fifth worst record in the league. That's the crazy thing. Like we're, we're, ba- we're four games out of the play in, but we're, st- we still have the fifth worst record. Like if we it, like, Let's say the Magic stay end up with we'll call it the fourth pick in the draft. We'll just say like the Magic, whether they move up in their standings a little bit. Like let's say like they jump in the lottery and let's say they end up with like the fourth pick, and then let's say the Bulls end up, I don't know, we'll, we'll maybe just outside the lottery in fifth or fifteenth or something. Like, can the Magic take four fifteen? And maybe some other stuff to move up to two for like a Scoot Henderson or something like I, that's that's the inter- interesting part. Um, but you're right. Like there's no point in in dumping picks like I, I, you know, I put that trade together. But now that I've had like a week or two to think about it, I'm like that. That's just that shouldn't happen. Like that's you got to be you guys you got to be a little patient here um, with those picks for sure. And I, I wouldn't do anything till after the lottery. I'm with you on that. Um, the only counter to like making a, a kind of a, a trade for an all-star or a potential all-star would be like, you, you can have their bird rights going into free agency if they're like come, becoming a free agent, you know? And so right. you, that, that's the, that's the main reason why you would do that. Um, and I'm not saying the magic, you know, I hope the magic don't trade for Fred Van Vliet and I hope they don't sign him to a, a long-term contract. Cause I just don't think his body's going to hold up, but you know, sometimes I'm right. Sometimes I'm wrong on this stuff. So, all right, let's go to this other trade. Uh, this other trade rumor. That's much more realistic. So Bobby Marks ESPN, he mentioned uh, he did, he, he's been doing these divisional like YouTube videos, breaking down like trade stuff or whatever. And he mentioned Terrence Ross to the Lakers for Patrick Beverly and a second round pick, which I think would be great for the magic. Now I am huge on Pat Beverly. I've been a huge Pat Beverly fan since he played for Olympiaco. So like a dozen years ago, like his stint there and in a few other spots in Europe is why he made it into the NBA and why he, he gets into the playoffs. He finds a way somehow. Um, I think what he could bring as a leader more off the floor than on the floor is could be huge, but Pat Bev is a guy that he wants to play. And look, if I'm not starting him, that's for sure. I'm I'm not taking the starting job from Fultz. 
if Cole Anthony is still playing inconsistently, then you're getting Pat Bev for him to be the backup point guard. Um, even though Pat Bev's point guard skills aren't that great anymore. Cause I mean, he's, he's at an older age now, but I, I think I saw, I think it was Steven Cameron from the Close Up magic mentioned, um, or maybe it was Malik. Sorry if it was one, either of you two guys, but they were, they had tweeted, one of them had tweeted how, it, getting Patrick Beverly would actually probably be more valuable in an off season than in the middle of the season, because then you have more time to kind of just build up that cachet and that chemistry and, and all that. Whereas if you throw Pat Beverly in now, like that could kind of backfire and kind of piss some people off. So, um, but even, even if we do this trade, like we, we send out Ross to the Lakers, we get Pat Bev back and let's say we wave Pat Bev. We still have that second round pick. Like I'd still do it because I don't think we can get more than a second round pick for Ross. Now, how good of a second round pick that's going to be? I, it depends. Um, I think I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. How many, I, how many I, do and, the Lakers have left at their disposal? I think they have four more. I think it is. So um, yeah. I think they had either seven or nine at their disposal. And so they do, they have a few more. So I don't know which ones are good or which ones are not. But I mean, I do it because I, I don't, I, you know, I, I, Terrence Ross's destiny has been to be on a West coast NBA team. And that Lakers team could, could use a shooting. And, you know, I, I don't want to resign T Ross and, you know, people know that I've been low on them. You've been low on them. Um, and yeah, I think this is a good trade. I do this trade. Even if you wave Pat Beth, I do it. Yeah, you know the interesting thing, I without thinking about, you know, waving him and I guess him, uh, Pat Bev, then going on to a contender, I would be hesitant for, for as much as we've uh, talked down about Terrence Ross, I would be hesitant to, uh, to make this move and nuke the chemistry in the room. Uh, I do think that, and I do think Terrence Ross will get moved. Um, I do think leading up to the trade that, uh, his playing time will continue to decrease and might get squeezed totally out of the rotation. Uh, but it's it's like, it's hard to imagine that personality going out and Pat Bev personality coming in. Uh, I, I think that's a, a pretty uh, good point that was made about, he might be an acquired taste and also that uh, benefit that he brings in the locker room is probably forged over a summer and training camp uh, and bringing that mindset into a new season, as opposed to, you know, Kool-Aid man manning in. Uh, in <laughs> oh yeah. Here, February. So would you do it though for the second and wave Bev? Are you really that hesitant on the chemistry? I I mean, I think that we could get a second from a number of people. If that's the case, then yeah. I wouldn't want to wave Pat Bev and then make a, a mortal en enemy for the next year or two or three that he's in the league either. That's dangerous. Oh, that's true. But yeah, I don't want to yeah, I don't want to do that, man. Unless unless we tell him ahead of time, like, hey man, like we're, we're gonna, gonna wave take you, care but of you, you can go to yeah. you can go back to Minnesota. Like, right. that, like, yeah, we're there helping you, you out, man. Don't, don't get mad at us. We're helping right. you out. So yeah, that's a fair point. All right. Um, there's going to be way more rumors coming in. Like, you know, there's Mo Bamba stuff circulating, but I mean, we'll talk about it in a second here with the Celtics game, but you know, Ross was a DNP last night. So um, we, maybe we'll see a few more of those, but anyway, uh, 
The Magic have been leveraging Lakeland finally for a change of late between like Jonathan Isaac, Caleb Houston, Kevon Harris, and RJ Hampton, who poor RJ just he needs to go somewhere else. But you know, they've been leveraging guys and throwing them in in Lakeland, and they've been winning some games here and there. It was interesting that Jonathan Isaac traveled to and played in Sioux Falls. Um, you know, Isaac played, ended up playing three games for Lakeland. Uh, he averaged like 16 points per game on like 17 minutes per night. So that's not bad. And he, he seemed fine on both ends other than that. You go, I think he shot, I think it was the, uh, the Orlando magic HQ pod guys said that he shot one of 14 on, on three pointers in, in those three games. He like his last three, he was like, Oh, for 13 and his last three point attempt for Lakeland went in. So they were like, all right, you're coming back up. Um, but before that, we thought Isaac would end up playing Friday against the Pelicans on January 20th. And because the magic were back at, back at home, four days off didn't happen. So, you know, Isaac was up at Sioux Falls in Sioux Falls for that, you know, for the road trip for that game. But, um, you know, the magic, our magic, Orlando magic, Willie green was doing just a great job coaching new Orleans with the Pelicans. They just got, they've been dealing with injuries themselves. And I mean, they've, they're still winning games. Like they didn't have Zion Williamson or Brandon Ingram in this game. And the magic got off to a bad start and you and I were out, we were at like gnarly barley. And then we were at Wally's, but we were like, oh shit, this is, this, this is going to happen. Isn't it? They're going to blow this game again after being off four days off. They're going to lose another one of these games, but Franz and Cole Anthony carried us from there. And Gary Harris at one point caught fire from deep, which was just a huge help. And really just kind of the, the changing point, if not the cherry on top was bull bulls poster dunk in the fourth, just it built up that momentum and it just carried us home from there. But I don't know if I, I'm going to, I'm pretty brief on this Pelicans one. Cause it's just, it's a nice, it's a nice win. It's a game that we had to win. And thankfully yeah. we did. I don't know if you had any extra thoughts. Just, just nice that we didn't let one get away. Uh, the first game back after a road trip, even with time off is always kind of sticky. So uh, a game that we should have won and a game that we won, which is a good sign. All right, then in D.C., so we're at the Wizards. Tough second night of a back-to-back. You know, Wes Unsell Jr. is coaching his ass off for the Wizards. Um, Got all these former Magic guys, be it staffers or players, just causing us problems. But Porzingis, he is just – he is going to be a pain in our ass until he moves on to another team at some point. (laughs) But, you know, Mosley letting Franz Wagner get into foul trouble was just ridiculous and almost unforgivable. Like, he's – he gets away with it about 60% of the time, but that 40%, like, oh, that that just gets at me, man. Like, you can't you can't let guys who are on two fouls early in the first quarter. You can't leave them out there for them to pick up a third. Like, I get, I, I appreciate you trusting them, but, like, the whole point, like, trust them in the fourth quarter. Don't trust them that early in the game when when it could, it's going to impact Franz, like, the rest of the game. So... And then another bad decision was just, is just for, was just forcing Mobamba to play at all. Like it's not helping his trade value. I'm glad Bamba got a DNP in the Boston game, but you know with this Wizards game, like again, he he just he's having a rough go of it, and he he needs to be dealt at this point. Um, but we'll see how that plays out in the next few weeks. You can't win games coughing up 70 points and a half. Like the Wizards' pain aggression just gave us problems. Like the Magic were down 13 at the half. Not even Markel Fultz could save us in this one, as he typically owns the Wizards. 
at least though we did have some good news from this game i won uh <laughs> and is this anything hat so uh david still supposedly put that in the mail and i should be getting it soon but um you know that was cool to win i had submitted the question in december and I didn't, he, he had it in his back pocket, but basically, you know, it was, it was a free throw thing where he changed it up from what I offered, but it, it's fine. It worked out pretty well, but it was basically biggest increase in free throws made per game rank. So um, I just did free throw attempts. I think he went with the free throws, free throw made route. And then, you know, the magic rank like third all time in NBA history, um, which is interesting because I'm looking and I, I don't know what the free throw tracking is because the oldest team on here that's listed is like the the oh one oh you know oh two thousand two thousand one Golden State Warriors but um you know the Magic they right now are fifth in free throw or well, as of that is this anything Magic were fifth in free throws made per game which is a twenty three uh increase from being twenty eighth in the league last season in free throws made and it's basically because of Paolo Bencaro and Franz Wagner's almost like doubled his free throw attempts per game. And then Fultz helps a little bit with the free throws. Um, but yeah, um, happy. Uh, can't wait to get the hat in the mail. Um, yeah, uh, hopefully I, I get it soon. Cause uh, we're going to talk about a road trip coming up here, but um, are you, are you going to wear the hat or is it going to go, uh, you know, along with the rest of the memorabilia to be preserved? I think I have to wear it one game um, and then it'll go with the rest of the memorabilia, but I have to wear it. I think once, because the thing that's going to, because he, I think he autographs them because I've seen the other guys that have won hats and whatnot. And he actually autographs the bottom of the hat. So I don't want to mess that up, but um, I think if I do it one time, I think it'll be okay. But we'll talk about the op, the, the hat wearing opportunities here briefly or in, in a bit later, but um happy to win the hat that was cool um i don't have to i don't have to try and 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 put put any more tweets in for to win it because i've won it so i guess we're gonna have to help you win one penny i don't know if you have any interest in that but yeah yeah i'm a big hat guy um and then to finish off this wizards game like rui hachimura who is now a laker as we mentioned like he wrecked us on a career night um he had like 30 in the game and at one point in the fourth he had like 28 points and our entire second unit was only on 25 points that's not good. That's, that's really bad. Um, and you can't win games coughing up 138 points. You know, I look at what Tyrese Maxey's doing with the Sixers averaging 21 points per game, mostly as a six man off that Philly bench. And there's no reason why Cole Anthony can't be that guy. And they're both 22 years old. Maxey was drafted six spots behind Cole in 2020. Cole against the Celtics showed us what he was capable of the next game. But, um, you know, I had this maxi thought in my head because, you know, he he won that game for the Sixers. What was in Sacramento where they were sitting both Embiid and Harden? I'm just looking at him like, man, like Cole was the 15th pick. Uh, maxi was the 21st pick. Like they're pretty similar in size. Um, you know, one guy went to North Carolina. The other guy went to Kentucky. But like it's Cole had, before this Celtics game that we're going to talk about now. Like he he had a he's been really inconsistent trying to embrace backup point guard duty and you know he i i like to i need i want to give these guys time especially the 2020 draft class because of covid the, you know that was the covid season basically for those guys like they all got drafted late they didn't have a training camp they got thrown into preseason well they didn't have a 
a summer league. They barely had much of a training camp. Like they got thrown into a few preseason games, like here, have your rookie season. So, um, and then Cole has been dealing with injuries here and there. And I just think he needs time to just grow in it. Like he's only 22 years old. Like I, I really think he has a long-term future with the magic. It's just, he's going through an inconsistent spell and it's just been really noticeable in some of these losses when like we need our bench to show up and he, he's basically our sixth man. Like it's either him or bull bull. And it's, it's probably Cole that's going to be the sixth man. Um, just, he's been struggling a bunch. So I don't know any thought, other thoughts on the wizards or on the Cole stuff. Well, I, as you know, the the biggest differentiator between a role player and a star is consistency. Um, right. And, yeah. And even beyond that, you know, what kind of role off the bench, the consistency that you'll provide. So um, not not uh, surprising that there's been some struggle there, especially as a young guy, the hope. I, we've talked about this before. To, to me, it'll just be interesting to see how much the magic value Cole's contributions in terms of being uh, a vocal leader or a presence in the locker room in addition to his play um, as we look towards the future with again asset consolidation and choosing which guys are going to get long-term deals moving forward will we'll be interesting uh, we don't need to say anything else about the Wizards game no all right yeah yeah I mean with Cole it feels like it's going to come down to like the contract and the money like yeah, it's it. I'm not going to go through that now because we've still got, you know, a little less than half a season to go still. A lot can change, but I don't expect Cole to be moved at the trade deadline. Like he's he's probably going to be the backup point guard, especially if he if he can kind of show some some improvement and consistency as as that backup point guard six man in these next two weeks. So, all right. Last night, Monday, home game Celtics. We uh. We actually saw my current preferred 10-man rotation in this game because Ross and uh, and Bamba didn't play. So we we went with 10 dudes, and uh, they looked pretty good. Um, you know, that second unit was uh, basically Moritz Wagner, Jonathan Isaac, uh, Bull Bull, uh, Jalen Suggs, and uh, Cole Anthony. And uh, they did all right. So anyway, the night be- the day before, on Sunday, uh with Jonathan Isaac present for his church service, J.I.'s uh, pastor broke the news that Isaac was returning against Boston with all-time potential jinx emphasis, completely healed, completely healed. So, um, yeah, he uh, he held up for the first game, at least. But J.I. just did the Magic Pod Squad episode, and you know, I, I, I just listened to it before uh, risk recording. So I'm assuming you didn't get to it, Penny, but um, they were joking about just just a, the announcement thing. They were joking about on on the Magic Pod Squad episode, and you know, George uh, is part of the PR team, and so he was talking about how like the rest of the PR team had like different plans for how they wanted to reveal that Chad was playing, and. Uh, there's, there's, there's just, it's a fun, it's a fun listen. It's worth listening. So I won't spoil any more stuff than that, but um, yet again, the magic faced the Celtics when they were the best team in the NBA. They had a 35 and 12 record entering this game. I think Boston had won nine straight games. I think it was coming into it. So uh, they weren't struggling. That's for sure. But uh, Malcolm Brogdon, Marcus Smart, Robert Williams were out They're important support pieces, but Nobody's going to have any sympathy for me injury wise, just because the magic have been dealing with injuries for three years badly. So um, Mosley, 
he had said Isaac was going to be on an eight to 10 minute restriction and he held to it. So because Morris Wagner's paint def- defense has just kind of fallen off since he took over the backup center duties from Bamba, like the door was open for Isaac to play kind of defensive savior next to Morris at power forward with, uh, you know, Chuma being injured and Caleb Houston with Lakeland, like, the door was there. The opportunity was there for, for Isaac. And, you know, he showed us some of that, but you know, there are lots of Celtics fans in the building as usual for a magic home game. That's, that's not new. Um, the Celtics started an Al Horford, Blake Griffin front court, which would have been insane in 2011. I don't know, Penny, could you pick a better year than 2011, maybe <laughs> 2012, but um, you know, I wanted to see our young guys go at them because Paolo Bencaro is 17 years younger than Al Horford. And, uh, Paolo and the Magic, thankfully, did go into the paint, and they got off to a nice start in this game. So Isaac checked in, uh, and then he – I think it was like seven minutes ago in the in the first quarter, but he checked in, got a pretty good ovation. Probably would have been louder if there weren't so many Celtics fans in the building, but he came in, hit a turnaround jumper on Jalen Brown, so uh, you know he fairly quickly got it going. He, it was like a fir- his first stint was about four minutes. He played alongside Paolo and Wendell, which was interesting. Um, I don't know if uh, if I would go with that too much here in the near future, but maybe that's something to look forward to in the distant future. J.I. got an offensive rebound and put back laying during that four-minute stint, and then he defensively was scaring Celtics from going to the rim, and you could just see some of that kind of defensive player of the year potential again. Um, I don't know, Penny, what did you see? I don't know. Did you see the kind of the defense stuff that I was seeing out of the gate? Yeah, I mean, it's it's always going to be a, a, a getting your physical back to where your mental is, but there were a ton of positive, positive signs. Cole Anthony went at Sam Hauser often, and uh, which is good, and that, I mean, Anthony had 18 points in the game, which is what we needed. Like that's, that's what I need from him. Like if he does that fairly on an, like on somewhere on the Jordan Clarkson spectrum, we'll say like, uh, if he can do it kind of how Clarkson Maxi kind of do it, like that's, I'm good with that. I'm going to be really happy with that. So, um, Magic brought the hustle throughout this game. Like they were definitely juiced up for Isaac. They were juiced up to go against the Celtics and have with Eddie House sitting courtside. I guess maybe some of them saw him, some of them didn't. But um, you had that Franz Wagner fast break alley oop pass for just this huge Cole Anthony dunk finish. I I was surprised. I, I like we know Cole Anthony has hops, but like that even surprised me. I'm like, damn, he he got up for that. But um you know, then you had the Moritz three right after that, which put the Magic up forty three to twenty nine. Just some great transition play during during many stretches of this game for the Magic, and then Boston took the lead on a sixteen to one run. Like not ideal after <laughs> after you, you 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 go out to double digits and you got control of the game, and then Boston just sixteen to one run. Mosley waited way too long to take a timeout. I don't know, Penny, how how long do you wait for a timeout like that? Like eight zero run earlier than that yeah i think the younger the team the earlier you call the timeout you don't let the lead totally evaporate i think steve clifford would have called it after like a 3-0 run i don't know but um <laughs> anyway the magic led by one at halftime uh so you had this big fault help block on tatum and then an electric dunk for fault on the other end which cut the celtics lead to 65 64 in the third quarter, which it proved to be, I guess, a momentum starter because 
shortly after that, like Tatum went to the locker room, he he tweaked something, he'd end up coming back. But like then the magic get back to back threes from Isaac and Gary Harris, both coming off of Fultz kind of up tempo assist that put the magic up six midway through the third. Watching Isaac take uh on that one drive, uh, I, I don't I can't remember if it was on the break or if it was just there was space for him, but you know, Isaac was taking these huge Euro steps on that kind of full sprint drive. And I, I was cringing. Like I was I, like, there was like wincing, cringing coming from me, watching me do, watching him do kind of the giraffe Euro steps. And even on some of his jumpers, like he's knocking his knees together sometimes on these jumpers. And I'm, I'm a little scared. Like he's beefier, like his legs don't look that much stronger. Like maybe they are. And I, it's, it, you know, it, maybe I'll notice some more in person than, than on TV, but, um, I was concerned with the, with the driving, but he held up and then Isaac reigned in another three. So, you know, he was struggling with threes in Lakeland. He hits multiple threes in this game. And then he followed up that three quickly with a steal off of Jalen Brown. And then he finished the break with just a solid assist to Paolo for the jam. that got everybody up. Just, there's no denying it. Isaac had just a huge presence in this, in his first game back. He might be taller than seven foot now at this point. And he had his fingerprints all over the game. Um, he finished with 10 points, three rebounds, two steals, and assist in nine minutes and 36 seconds. Uh, Penny, what are your thoughts on Isaac? Well, first of all, did you see the photo of uh, him standing next to Jeff Turner on the pod squad photo? I mean, it's Jeff might have shrunken a little bit, but even not with the hair, just head to head, he's uh, clearly way taller than even Jeff Turner. So you're not wrong there. Um, my My rating is the same as probably the first game in Lakeland. I, I don't see how you could go anywhere other than A+. Plus. You, you couldn't have expected a better performance or conceived of it in a 10-minute run out there on the floor. What, what do you say? Yeah, no, I mean, look, he, like, we've been having rebound issues, and, like, those first four minutes, I think he got his three rebounds, and, like, he he showed immediately that, like, you guys aren't, aren't going to push us around in this paint, and we're not scared about the contact. Like he got a point a minute. Like I can't ask more for, from a guy that's not necessarily known for his offense, even though he was showing Kevin Durant, like promise in the bubble. Um, like I, I can't ask for much more. Like he still got two steals. Although I will say with the Jalen Brown steal, like Grant Williams knocked into Isaac and it almost helped jumpstart Isaac into getting that steal. But still he, he kept his balance. He, you know, he he got the steal. Like the defensive instincts are there. Like I don't I don't think he's big enough to be a center, even in a backup capacity. Like maybe he could play like a you know two three minutes maybe, but like he's gonna work well alongside Moritz Wagner for now. Like I'm not in a hurry to try and start him. Like I don't want to wedge him into a starting lineup and force Franz to play shooting guard because I don't think that it helps Franz. Like plus Isaac's going to build his minutes up. Like he's going to go from now 10 minutes to, he probably won't play back to back. So he's probably going to only play one of these, uh, you know, weekend games. Like we, we play the Pacers tomorrow night and then Thursday or Friday, Saturday, we have that heat, uh, Chicago back to back. Like Isaac's probably only going to play one of those games, but it's going to be a slow ramp up. He's going to go from like 10 to like 12 to 15. And it, it might take like, two, three weeks before we even see him play a 20 minute game. But um, yeah, I mean, it was stellar. It's, it's, it's an a plus. Like I, 
I can't say much more than that. So anyway, the Magic were up 13 with two minutes left in the third period, just as Jason Tatum was coming back too. Um, the Magic needed to lean into their uh, Franz-Paolo duo to close this game out against the Tatum-Brown duo because there's kind of like a mirror effect with with what we got and what Boston has. Um, and Franz and Paolo did. Like Paolo and Franz fueled a, a 10-0 Magic run. The Magic were up 12 with 220 left in the game. And it's just another impressive Magic win over the Celtics, 113-98. I was happy that Ross and Bamba did not play in this game. I thought there was no coincidence for how complete of a Magic win that felt like. Um, the Celtics needed to hit seven more threes than us in this game just to stick around. So we kicked their ass in the paint on the break. I already said Eddie House was sitting courtside at the scorer's table. So there's some poetry to that. Um Paolo Bancaro to Dante Marcatelli in the post-game interview. Uh, you know, Dante mentioned uh, Eddie House was at the game, and he and Paolo, quote unquote, said we knew he was here. And yeah, that you know, that's all he had to point out. I mean, there was just the extra motivation for for him and the guys. Um, and the more motivation, the better when you're dealing with a young core and a young group of guys that we have. You know, I think we have. I think the third youngest team in the league, maybe second, but um, we've won eight of our last 11 games at home. We're now 12 and 12 at home for the season. Second time in the last 12 years, we've won the season series against the Celtics. You know, for the third time, the magic beat the Celtics this season, like each time with Boston having the best record in the NBA, we've handed the Celtics 23% of their losses this season. You know, that's the best team in the NBA, and we've given them 23% of their losses. So now the Magic, 18 and 29, they've won the season series against the two teams who are in the most recent NBA finals. You know, you go three and one against the Celtics, and you go two and oh against the Warriors because, of course, like five of the Magic 18 games came against those two finals teams. And, you know, I was listening to the six man show, and they quickly mentioned that the Magic have won 18 games. We won 22 all of last season. So we might we might get the 22 before even like the end of the month, possibly. Like it's a possibility, not likely, but um, you know, at least before the trade deadline, we might get the 22. But thoughts on any of that? Eddie House, the post game or the uh the, the Celtics win, any of the stuff about the record, like it's not a small thing that we're 12 and 12 at home. Like it's baby steps in the right direction. No, that's that's probably the hugest takeaway. Um, and again, there's you know there's stats out there. Uh, what Magic? What have the basically seventh best record in the NBA over the last? Uh, I think it's whatever. since December seventh. I forget the guy who yeah. posted on Twitter, but they, it's it's over the yeah. last month and a half, basically. So it's it's just uh, it signs that uh, things are pointed in the right direction finally. And you know if you go. 500 at home uh you're guaranteeing yourself what 20 21 20 wins right off the bat uh then you pick up 10 more on the road you're a 30 win team this year yeah no and i mean we're showing improvement on the road too so um yeah, that was ma- magic twitter definitely had fun with us just owning the celtics like it's it, it's a fun thing and I'll be honest, man. Like, if we somehow were to get into play in and and creep in as the eight seed, like Boston does not want to see us. Like, I don't give a shit if they sweep us. Like, they don't want to see us. Um, especially 
for us to get in at that point, we like Paolo, Franz, Wendell, Fultz, all of them are, would be playing well. And that causes like matchup problems for Boston, I think, if we're doing that. So I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but um, it's fun kicking Boston's ass because, you know, we, we have a large transplant uh, New England population here in Orlando for many decades now. And, you know, a lot of them, they have magic season tickets and, you know, but when the Celtics come in town, they, they put on that green and they're Celtics fans for those games. But, and then there's all, of course, bandwagon fans. Cause you know, they're losers and need to figure out their priorities. But, um, you know, we, we have a large Celtic population fan base here. So, um, we're recording this as the Bulls and Pacers are playing here Tuesday night. And I think the Bulls are up double digits on the Pacers in the third quarter. Like they're the ninth and 10th seeds. Um, no matter who wins that game, the magic will enter Wednesday, four games out of the play in and either Indy snaps out of their seven game win streak with Halliburton still out, which doesn't look like it's going to happen. looks like we might get the Pacers on an eight game losing streak, or we get the Bulls, uh, you know, win, who, which would be their fourth straight game. And I think the Bulls, I think they have like the fifth best record in the Eastern Conference. I think I heard Trey Kirby said that on the No Dunks podcast. So, and I mean, they've, I mean, standings wise, visually, like the Bulls are figuring it out. Like they keep creeping up. And I think they're going to, it took them a while. And I think Zach Levine's finding his form finally, shaking off injuries and surgeries or whatever. And DeRozan's kind of finding his confidence a bit more. But I mean, Vooch is kind of the big improvement on that. Um, but I think the bulls are going to end up being like a top six team. I think they're going to sneak into that six seed. So, um, at that point, I'm hoping for Chicago to beat the Pacers tonight. We get the Pacers again. We're four games back of them for 10th at that point. So if we beat them Wednesday night, we could theoretically be three games back of the plan. And again, that's, that's kind of the name of the game, man. Like you, you want to be in that hunt and, you know, that's all we want. Like, you know, it'd be awesome if they made the play in, but we really, we really got to finish somewhere in that 30 game range. I think like we're, we were, we were way better than a 22 win team last season because of the injuries. Like we suffered a ton of injuries so far this season, but this is the healthiest we've been all season and knock on wood. Hopefully we continue to stay healthy and we build up that chemistry and just continue to mesh. But, um, yeah, I mean, we've got this fun stretch coming up. You know, we got the Magic. They host the Pacers Wednesday, like I said. So, obviously, Indy's playing tonight, tomorrow in Orlando, Wednesday. Going to be their second night of a back-to-back. We really got to win that game, Penny. Like, there's no excuse, right? Like, we're going to have at least a day off of rest. Pacers are going to be tired. Like, uh, I, I got to say, I we do have to win. I'd rather that they win tonight to break their losing streak <laughs> we we tag them on the second night of a back-to-back uh i would rest jonathan isaac in miami and then we do everything in our power to continue uh protecting our pick and handing chicago losses yeah that's probably the smart thing right so yeah friday we play in miami and then saturday second game of a back-to-back thank you schedule makers but we're you know it's a short trip back to orlando i guess because we're home again and Vooch and the Bulls come to the town. So, I mean, you know, I think the Bulls game is the toughest of those three. Um, I Obviously, Miami at, on, the, on the road in Miami is not going to be easy, but I just think Chicago is better than the Pacers and, and, and the Heat at the moment. 
we need to win two of these three games, um, especially that Pacers game, because you've got teams above us that could be trade deadline sellers, including the Pacers. I mean, Halliburton's out, and they're just they're they're falling out of the sky. And if Halliburton doesn't come back soon, like they, the decision might be made for them for them to to just tank. Um, but who knows? Um, the Raptors definitely seem to be sellers. Like I, CJ McCollum, all but basically like revealed that like the Raptors are definitely trading, sending guys out. And the funny thing is like Gary Trent Jr. could be CJ McCollum's like teammate in new Orleans. Um, that's the funny part. There could be some tamper and stuff involved. And I mean, that's, that's a high ranking NBA PA official too. That's the funny thing. But anyway, um, the wizards could be sellers. I would have thought no, but I mean, they, they gave up Rui Hachimura for Kendrick Nunn, uh, Kendrick Nunn and uh, three second round picks, but I guess they didn't want to pay Hachimura in the off season. So like, we'll get something now instead of nothing in the off season. So that I, I wouldn't consider them sellers. I think they're, they're definitely gunning for the plan, um, but they're, they're not in a playing spot. They're just above us in the standings at the moment. And then with the bulls, I don't think they're selling now because they're getting it together. And like I said, I think they're, they're going to be the six, six seed. Like I can see the bulls like doubling down and trying to get another guy to help them. But um yeah, Penny, I don't know. What's your, what's your viewpoint? Do you think you think we got to win two of these three here? I, I think, again, to your point, the name of the game is playing meaningful games as long as you can this season. Doesn't necessarily need to end up uh, in a play-in berth, um, but in order to keep that going, you got to pick up two out of three during the stretch. And then comes the two games in Philadelphia. For the Magic, Monday, January 30th, and Wednesday, February 1st. Penny, you and I will be in Philly next week. I'm dragging you to the uh, Eagles uh, game at the link on Sunday to host the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. Um, we are also planning on being at both Magic games in Philly. Uh, we still got to get tickets for those, but um, yeah, I mean, look, the Sixers are on fire. I mean, they've been amazing. Um, I will be, I, I'm, I would love to have win one game. Um, ideally you just want to be competitive in both honestly, cause the Sixers are really like maybe Philly just rest some guys just for the heck of it. And maybe we steal one that way, but, um, Philly at home, it's they're could They're, they're really good, man. They're, they're really tough, but Hey, if the magic sh can get out of these next three games, two and one, then I think we can get one in Philly, but I don't know, man, what, what's your viewpoint on the, on the road trip here? Um, we, I'm going to bring the podcast equipment. So I, I think whether we're drunk or sober, we're, we're going to probably pod after each of those games, just do like two dispatch from Philly pods. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on the trip, bud? I'm looking forward to the road trip. Haven't seen a game uh, at an NBA game in Philly yet, despite us both being up there. Uh, Me neither. Have not seen a, 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 have not seen a game in Philly. So, uh, hoping that it's a, a favorable outcome. We are our luck on the road based on how far away from Orlando we, we <laughs> seem to be. Um, yeah. But the Magic got two in Boston, so why can't they get two in Philly? It's possible, man. I I, I really think. Like if we if if we can build some momentum here these these next three games that because we're gonna have a bit of rest on our side for these Philly games too so like we're gonna be in Philly they're gonna be practicing in Philly like 
I think they could pick up one. Um, go birds. Hopefully we, we beat San Francisco. Um, it, it'll be nice going from the Sunday game to right into the next night, the magic playing the Sixers. Um, looking forward to some good food, looking to seeing some good stuff. Um, I I'm hoping I get the David Steele, you know, mails me that is this anything hat in time for, uh, for this trip. I, I will bring it. I will probably, I will definitely wear it for at least one of the games. Maybe I'll wear it for both. Like if I wear it for the first game and we win, I have to probably wear it again then. Right. So, um, yeah. And then it'll be on the job of the Bally Sports TV crew to to find me in the crowd because I don't think anyone's worn an "Is This Anything" hat into the crowd yet this season. Because no, I think you could be the first. I think all of them have gone. I think yeah. all of them have, have been shipped like internationally, either like Australia or the UK. So, um, yeah. Uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here, Penny? Why well, just make sure you're TV ready for Monday and Wednesday next week. Man, I'm going to be wearing so many freaking layers. Like, I know you love cold. Like, we've had this discussion. Like, we're going in, like, prime weather for you. Where like, the low and the high is going to be between, like, 25 and, like, 50. Like, that's right up your alley. Like, you might wear a T-shirt one of those nights because you're a crazy person. I'm going to be yeah, so man. butt layered up. Like, I'm, I, I might, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to bring for the trip. It's going to be magic gear, of course. But, like, I, I don't know what I'm going to bring. But I'm going to be layered up because... I'm a Greek Florida boy. Like I, I, I cold, like I like cold. I like cold on vacation, but you know, I, I'm going to still layer up. Cause that's, you know, I, I, I'm just, I'm just like that. So, all right. Um, trade deadlines coming up February 9th. All-star weekend is, uh, the week after that there's all-star voting ended on January 21st. I think we hear about the starters this week. I think maybe it's the week after that. I don't know, but, um, I don't know. I, you know, the magic won't, have anyone there but i i I would i would hope that paolo finishes above kuzma in the in the all-star forward vote voting that would be great but who knows if the magic can sneak close to the play-in maybe we get one of franz or paolo in as a coach's vote to the all-star game so um yeah that's it all right please subscribe and give us a wonderful rating it helps our podcast ranking a lot tweet us any of your questions and feedback penny what's your twitter handle at Spencer Strode. And I'm at Papa Giorgio MBO. And with that, take care. Let's go magic.